This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol Live. It's a freaking Sunday. Good evening, DJ Dub. It is it is not your fault that you missed the stream. Like I like I set a schedule out and then haven't even been consistent to it. So like I take full responsibility. How how you guys gonna catch me if I don't actually come on when I say I'm gonna come on? Last time was something special. I don't even We had the Iowa caucus last week, I think. That was it. That was on Monday. We've got we've got New Hampshire primary on Tuesday. We on Tuesday this week. So I will be on with you tonight on Sunday, on Thursday night, our normal time, but also a special Tuesday edition of the Troll Patrol Live. Tuesday for the New Hampshire primary. That's gonna be a lot of fun. We got big news tonight. No more Meatball Ron. No more Meatball Ron. I predicted he wouldn't make it to Iowa. I was just a few days off. Six days, six days off. Did not even think he would make it to Iowa. How now it's like you get out the lettuce for Nikki Haley. How the fuck long is she gonna make it? Can't be too much longer, right? Cause she is she even going to try to make it to South Carolina, which is her home state, where she's going to get walloped by Trump? Or does she drop out before then? Got some sound from Ron DeSantis. He's going to tell us why he's dropping out. Probably one of those speeches like God told him it's not the right time or some shit like that. We got a lot of Hulk Hogan tonight. Hulk Hogan saved a saved a young woman after a car wreck, but also his son got a DUI. Footage from both of these incidents. A protester was thrown out of a Trump rally. Removed after rushing the stage. The DC bar has filed charges against Trump lawyers in relation to 2020. A fire chief has had to resign after being charged over his role in January 6th, where he apparently assaulted police officers. Not a chondria. Good evening. Everyone, please recognize the powerhouse of the chat. Such a corny joke. I love it. This is kind of a corny joke, too. Where did, where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Genocide Joe. He's really getting down to it, too. He's getting down to the genocide. 
It's not funny. <laughs> yes, I got a, I got a chuckle out of the meme, but it's not funny. Nothing about and like, did somebody Photoshop a face? This this guy is that the actual face of the guy that's playing back there? Or did somebody like, what's going on? And see, I'm I'm so weirded out here. Good evening, everyone. Welcome. Troll Patrol Live. I don't have I don't have any funny stories. I didn't step in cat vomit this time. Though a cat has vomited, that happened. <laughs> oh god damn it. We're going to uh We're going to see video of Elise Stefanik getting asked about E. Jean Carroll. Apparently, despite the fact that a jury has Decided that E.G. Carroll was sexually assaulted. Elise Stefanik does not believe it. Got new updates in the allegations against Fannie Willis, the prosecutor in Georgia. We're going to hear from New Hampshire voters ahead of Tuesday's primary. Dean Phillips. That is a that is a Democratic candidate I have not covered here on the show thus far. We're going to hear from Dean Phillips who says Biden can't win. I have a Democratic candidate forum that's like Dean Phillips, Chank, and uh, Marianne Williamson. We might watch. We might watch that on Tuesday. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Michigan Democrats. Uh, CBS went to Michigan to talk to Democratic voters ahead of 2024 and what might alienate them from voting for Joe Biden. This comes as apparently our allies are nervous going into this year's election. Speaking of this year and presidents, Netanyahu may not be president by year's end. At least that is what some are speculating. I'll believe it when I see it. But I, I mean, he's already been ousted as president once and somehow found his way back. A Louisiana teen went to Gaza and was shot by the IDF. Fox News says the GOP has the votes to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alexandria Alejandro 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 Sorry, it's a Lady Gaga song. Alejandro Mayorkas. Texas has intensified its crackdown on migrants. Disobeying federal orders. Mexican police killed a man and have sparked protests. You're going to hear from... I'm assuming it's not the one that's married to a rapist that had the the threesome co-founder of Moms for Liberty. I assume it's the other mom. Because I'm, I'm guessing the ones embroiled in the sex scandal isn't going to show her face on MSNBC. So it's the other mom for Liberty. Went on MSNBC to defend book bans. 
Copious amounts of drugs were seized at the Charlotte airport. A judge has ordered a man to be released from prison condemning the FBI. Apparently they, uh, what, what, what do they call it? Entrapment. They entrapped the man. The juror has been dismissed in a case because of her comments about the movie Gone Girl. We're going to hear about this celebrity chef who has been charged with assault and strangulation. But he says he will be exonerated. All that and a lot freaking more tonight on the Troll Patrol live. Good evening. Welcome. This is your meme of the day. Joe Biden dancing to Cotton Eye Joe. Come on, man. 2024. God damn. And you know, we're already like, it's the 21st of January. We're already at the ass end of the month of January uh, in 2024. This, it feels like it shouldn't even be 2024. It's already flying the fuck by. This year needs a titty slap. A titty slap! <laughs> Come on, I condemn... I condemn... Uh, time flying the way it does. He condemned. It really, it really does get faster as you get older, and it really sucks. I'm gonna be 40 this year. I'm gonna be 40 this year. Blows my mind. I, I don't even feel that I, I'd like. Even if I wanted to have a child, I do not feel that I am old enough to care for a child. There's people like half my age having kids. I'm saying I didn't I didn't mean to like wax on about about like you know, my own mortality and shit like that. Fucking life has it. Like, like, what a boomer thing to do. Like, ah, sunny life goes too fast. Come on, man. Get with it. It's 2024. There's a lot of fucking crazy shit that could happen. I, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not anywhere near authority, so you know. He's kicking authority in the balls. Uh, remember when Doctor Oz ran for Senate? That feels like it was so long ago, and it kind, it kind of was, wasn't it? It was like over a year ago. Some fucking time. It's gonna be Christmas before you know it. I keep telling you people that it's gonna be Christmas before you know it. We were we just had we just had Christmas. It's it's gonna be Christmas again, and then you're gonna be like, "Oh fuck, Justin was right." It's Chris. We're gonna get up on it. You're gonna be hearing fucking Mariah Carey. And you're gonna be like, "God damn it, Justin was right." 
dirty Christmas again. I like summertime. Give me one of those streams. Did I go over everything? I did. I went over all the shit we we're gonna talk about. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a good stream. I had like three things I wanted to cut from the last stream and put up on you on the YouTube. I just haven't had time. I'm I have been busy. I wanted to cut up the 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 Covington kid essay. I thought that was really funny. I wanted to cut up uh I already had the already had the thumbnail in mind. Charlie Kirk hates MLK. I thought like maybe I'd put Charlie Charlie Kirk's head on the on the on the what is it Dilbert or something? Does the pissing on the on the Chevy symbol or the Ford symbol, depending on your taste, depending on your on your flavor of pissing on American automaker icons. Whatever floats your boat. Put Charlie Kirk pissing on like MLK or something. Oh, that might get some views. Charlie Kirk hates MLK. Because he does. That was one of the things that we watched the other night. One more thing. Oh, the woman getting fired. Charlie Kirk hates himself. That's true, Snicks. It's probably a repression You live in thing. sexual also, anarchy. Good evening. So glad to see you. The, the, the woman, the whole, whole fucking situation with the guy who was the president of the HBCU and he was a white boy, PP girl, good evening. And one of the administrators accused him of bullying and she ended up killing herself. And like I, I know there was something up there. I know there was something up with that story. Shelly, good evening. Welcome, welcome in. You fine people. We've got we've got crazy video to watch tonight because we always do. You want to go? You want to go ahead and get to the? Did, did, did everybody see the meme of the day? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna talk about Israel. I. Yeah. Oh, the kid from from Louisiana. Jesus Christ. Kid from Louisiana goes over to Gaza to show his support to his family. I think I don't. I don't even know the whole story. I'm not sure his motivation for going over to Louisiana or for, from Louisiana to Gaza. Shot by the IDF. Family wants wants answers. He, he should have been shot at a mall here in the U.S. Like, uh, like all the other kids have a right to, to have happen to him. Not in Gaza by the IDF. That was wrong of me. I'm a horrible person. I'm sorry. 
You come for the news and I pull those kinds of shenanigans. And Hulk Hogan. We get Hulk Hogan at the end of the show. Once again, special Troll Patrol Tuesday night. We got the New Hampshire primary coming up. But someone who will not be at the New Hampshire primary. Well, Mr. Ron DeSantis. Or Meatball Ron. Reversing the decline of this nation requires leadership that delivers big results for the people we are elected to serve. I have a record of leading with conviction, championing an agenda marked by bold colors, delivering on my promises, and defeating the people who are responsible for our nation's decline. That is the type of leadership we need for all of America. Now, over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder, and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci, Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support Come the Republican on, nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I hate their use of the word lawfare. It is it is constant with right wingers, and I I don't know what they like. I know what the word means. I don't know what they mean by it. I, and they seem to think it's a a trump card. No pun intended. At least not then. Here is some Republican reactions to Meatball Ron dropping out of the GOP primary race. Here's your Forbes Daily Briefing for Thursday, January 4th. Today on Forbes, why is TikTok... January 4th? How is it January... Well, that doesn't tell us anything. Parent bite dance moving into biology, chemistry, and drug discovery. It's the wrong audio. The video, we fucking, it was posted three hours ago. It's got the wrong audio on it because it's Sunday. Governor Ron DeSantis announced that he was. Bite dance, the Chinese parent company of TikTok. Yeah, dropping out of the 2024 race. So this is this is the correct video but not the correct audio this is the audio from the january 4th <laughs> edition oh man i really wanted to hear what the republicans had to say 
We were supposed to get Donald Trump Jr., Matt Gates, and more Republicans react to the DeSantis ending 2024 campaign. I apologize. I apologize to you. I fucking... Don't tell me that you wouldn't want to hear what Don Jr. and Matt Gates are saying about it. <laughs> they tried. They tried. It's Forbes' fault, not mine. Off to a great start here tonight. A protester was thrown out of a Trump rally after rushing the stage. So this should be a lot of fun. This can opener is oh shit. I'm having I'm having issues with ad blockers now because of fucking YouTube. Back to us, Trumpy boy. You probably know. Until I got who is this? Is he a friend? You can get him out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. He's not encouraging him to beat him up anymore. Go ahead, you can throw him out. River 2016, he's just like, beat him up. Quesadilla. Oh yeah, Justin's high. It's, it's gonna be one of those streams. Somebody yelled, you piece of shit. Well, now we know that politics is getting serious. So now we know we're getting serious now. He's just a disturbed person. Can you tiptoe into a room? Remember that used to happen all the Get time. To call for it. Where is that? We want it back. But no, probably we're we're really now into political season and that is happening. It's happening. And the people in this room know what any probably knows too. And a lot of those guys, by the way, are paid by Soros and these people. You know that. They're troublemakers. A lot of those people are paid. As he stands in front of a crowd that people, probably paid. I said, do what you're doing. I don't know. Just say that like I wonder. All of this because... All He's... He's got plenty of sycophants around him that will will go to his rallies. He started off with with paid people behind him. Well, the weaponization because we're leading so much in the polls, especially if you look, we're leading. Soros paid me to Bobby's say it. He's probably finished. He's probably finished. Sad. May he rest in Sad. Peace. Sad. Redfield Wilton poll just came out a little while ago. It's Trump, seventy-two percent. Haley, nine percent. And to sanctimonious nine. But that's why you have to get out and vote, though. We have to keep those margins. In Nevada, 
We're going to be there next week. You know what we're going to get in Nevada? 100% of the vote. We ain't even into February yet. Why do why do I feel like this this primary is going by really fast? You're like, isn't South Carolina usually Super Tuesday? The like the Tuesday in March. I I felt like New Hampshire's always in February. Like it being it being this Tuesday. Kind of blowing my mind. But hey, what do I know? I might just be really high. D.C. bar authorities filed disciplinary charges against pro-Trump 2020 election lawyers. The charges are the latest in a slew of disciplinary proceedings against attorneys who aided Donald Trump's bid to subvert the election. Bar investigators have filed disciplinary charges against three lawyers who aided Donald Trump ally Sidney uh, Sidney Powell's campaign to mount discredited legal challenges to the 2020 election results. Filings made public on Friday accused attorneys Julie Holler, Lawrence Joseph, and Brandon Johnson of making knowingly false representations to courts about a slew of lawsuits they filed in the weeks after the 2020 election. Joseph was not uh, was most directly involved in a lawsuit brought by then Representative Louis Gomert. <laughs> ah, Louis Gomert, I kind of miss him. Brought by then-Representative Louis Gohmert against then-Vice President Mike Pence, seeking to force Pence's hand as Trump was pressuring him to assert unprecedented authority to choose the winner of the election. The suit was dismissed by a federal district court judge and appeals court panel before stalling at the Supreme Court on January 6th. Holler, meanwhile, was instrumental in Powell's so-called Kraken lawsuits. The nickname she gave to the campaign of ultimately unsuccessful litigation (laughs) aimed at undoing Joe Biden's victories in several swing states. The Kraken! After her stint with Powell, Holler represented a handful of January 6th defendants, including Oath Keeper Kelly Meggs, who was ultimately convicted of seditious conspiracy before moving to America First Legal Foundation. The Trump-aligned outfit started by former White House advisor Stephen Miller. I Did he lose re-election? Or did he just not run? He might have just got out of Congress. I don't even remember now. The new charges are the latest in a series of disciplinary proceedings filed across the country against attorneys who directly and indirectly aided Trump's bid to subvert the 2020 election. Trump campaign lawyer Jenna Ellis was admonished by Colorado authorities after admitting to making false representations about election fraud in 2020. John Eastman, an architect of Trump's last-ditch bid to block Biden's electoral college win, was found culpable for violating professional ethics after a lengthy trial in California and faces a final judgment in the next few weeks. And Rudy Giuliani... Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? 
was suspended from practicing law in New York and Washington, D.C. after proceedings that questioned his 2020 work on Trump's behalf in Pennsylvania. The new charges against Holler, Johnson, and Joseph will be heard by a committee of the D.C. Bar, and if they're found culpable, they could face sanctions ranging from reprimanded to suspension to disbarment. And the man may still win the election. That's insane! I... Are we... Are we living in a 2024 where his trials are all delayed and he wins election? And then what? Do none of it go... None of them go to trial? This is a real possibility that we need to prepare ourselves for. Because fucking... It's American. Shit like that happens. Hey, Justin. Are you trolling? I wish I were trolling. I wish. It's like... It's crazy that there's a scenario out there where... Joe Biden can win the popular vote by... Like 5 million votes and still lose the Electoral College. And then what happens? Then what happens? Come on, man. Socialist on. Good evening. Also, flash these nuts. You snuck in here on me. Good evening. What happens if this motherfucker wins election? Joe Biden wins like fucking five million in the popular vote. Are we gonna face another January sixth? This this fire chief had to resign over his role in January sixth. Filed court documents accuse West Valley Fire Chief Frank Dahlquist of pepper spraying and assaulting police at the U.S. Capitol during the January 6, 2021 riot. Dahlquist made his initial appearance at Federal District Court in Great Falls on Wednesday. A criminal complaint and statement of facts have been filed with the court, but there are no pending charges at this time. According to court documents, Dahlquist was allegedly captured on video and images from multiple entities, including security cameras and officer-worn body cameras. At the time, Dahlquist lived and worked as a firefighter in Monroe, Washington. He took over as West Valley's fire chief in November 2022. Investigators submitted pictures and videos they say show a person matching Dahlquist's description, allegedly spraying an orange-colored chemical agent directly into the face of a police officer. Prosecutors also say he was captured on a body wall. The stash gives him away. Another police officer. Dahlquist was identified after federal agents reviewed a King 5 news story with the firefighter. Those agents further stated, Dahlquist's former supervisors at the fire station he worked in Issaquah, Washington, positively identified him from pictures taken at the U.S. Capitol. I spoke with West Valley Fire Rescue, who said they were caught off guard by the allegations and do not have further comment at this time. In Helena, Riley, MTN News. They were caught off guard by the allegations. A lawsuit 
seeking several Texas officials, including uh, the Attorney General Ken Paxton's emails, is going to move forward. An appeals court rules uh, the lawsuit seeking January 6th emails from Texas governor and attorney general can move forward. On January 6th, 2021, Ken Paxton spoke at a rally that preceded a mob of Donald Trump supporters storming the U.S. Capitol. See if I can make this bigger. Yeah. That's a good shit. Aha! That's what I don't remember hearing about him lose so that, like, he, he didn't uh, run for re-election. A lawsuit to force two Texas leaders to release years of their emails, including about the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, can move forward thanks to a Wednesday appeals court decision. The third court of appeals in Austin ruled that uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton and the Governor Greg Abbott did not make the case for the lawsuit against them to be thrown out. The decision was a major win for American Oversight, the Washington, D.C.-based nonprofit that sued for access to the records after being rebuffed by the state. The group's executive director called the decision a tremendous victory for transparency. American Oversight is seeking records related to matters of significant public interest, and the appeals court was correct to reject this effort to evade accountability. We hope that Governor Abbott and Attorney General Paxton will stop their delay and finally release these records to the public. This is according to Heather Sawyer in a statement. Abbott and Paxton can appeal the decision. Neither responded to requests for comment. Fuck you, Greg Abbott. Fuck you, Ken Paxton. I can't believe Ken Paxton survived impeachment. Like this, the, the world is crazy. Elise, Elise Stefanik, who is, she's now the number two in the house, right? Am I correct on that? She's still like the number three. She's number, she number, number two in the Republican House leadership. She was at a Trump event in Concord, New Hampshire. She was asked about the allegations, or I mean, the proven, the proven fact that Trump sexually assaulted E. Jean Carroll. Leadership, which is President Trump at the top of the how ticket. How do you grapple with standing by his side while the jury is debating how much to award E. Jean Carroll for being sexually abused by Donald These Trump? These are witch hunts against President Trump, whether it's the bogus... E. Carroll. Whether it's the bogus case from Tish James, who is, a radical, who is a radical prosecutor. They are all witch hunts against President Trump. No, of course not. The jury found that Donald Trump sexually abused her. witch hunts against President Trump, and the reason why is because he is pulling ahead of Joe Biden and Joe Biden is the weakest candidate we've ever seen. No, I disagree. No, I don't believe that. And I support oh, President Trump. And you know what? The media is so biased. This is just another example of the media being why out of touch. E. Jean Carroll? It's not me. It's not the media. Example. It's a jury that found that he sexually abused E. Jean Carroll. Again, again, the media is so out of touch with the American people. Like 2016, you are going to see the American people speak out loudly and clearly with their vote, we are so tired of the biased media shilling for Joe Biden every single day. And the reality is President Trump is going to win. He's going to restore rule of rule of law and he's going to restore respect for the Constitution in this country. This state is more moderate. This state is 
The dude that tried to install himself as a dictator is going to restore respect for the Constitution in this country. Come on, man. Come on, man. Do you think we're stupid? Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? That was Elise Stefanik, the number... She's either number two or number three in GOP leadership in the House. She's the Republican whip. She is the chair of the House Republican Conference, the fourth ranking member. Now to the salacious, is she Mitt Romney's niece? I did not know that. That makes that makes a lot of sense. There are apparently new allegations against the DA in Georgia that brought the charges against Trump. Fannie Willis is accused of having an inappropriate relationship with one of the prosecutors that she appointed to work on the case. On top of that, something else has happened. According to News 11. Big details tonight as new civil court filings now accuse Fulton County Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade of buying airline tickets to Miami and San Francisco for Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willett. Now this new filing includes credit card statements his wife's attorneys say back up that claim. Our Zach Merchant is here with once again the latest on this ongoing issue. Yeah guys, we told you at 5 o'clock so about McDonald, Ronna Daniels. A judge announced a hearing. Well, I thought she was his daughter. Monday to evaluate the claims in the divorce case between Nathan Wade and his wife, Joycelyn. Now we're breaking down how that could impact the ongoing criminal case against former President Donald Trump that Nathan Wade is helping to lead. These new developments all stem from a recent subpoena served on... D Girl, how are you going to go having an affair with one of your prosecutors while you were under this kind of fucking spotlight? That was a dumb move. If this if if this shit is true, and they do have you dead to rights on this shit, holy fuck! How are you gonna fuck up like this? Damn, girl. Damn. I don't I don't know what to say. That's, that's like the last thing in like the people, not only Trump, but Trump, all these people that are around Trump that are, are, are part of this, this Rico case, they are the slimiest motherfuckers in the world. They're going to find out who you're fucking. I EA Willis compelling her to testify in Wade's divorce case. Willis filed a motion in court 
just yesterday trying to block that subpoena, arguing she had no legally relevant information to share. But today, Joycelyn Wade responded in court, releasing credit card statements alleged to be her husband's that show he spent more than $1,000 for a passenger listed as Fonnie Willis to accompany him on trips to Miami and San Francisco in 2022 and 2023. Joycelyn Wade's attorneys wrote that they wanted to depose Willis to determine the nature of her relationship with Nathan Wade. Previous 11 Alive reporting revealed that Wade has been paid $500,000 more than the other special prosecutors on the case, stressing that he was speaking only hypothetically. Long-term Gwinnett County District Attorney Danny Porter says if the allegations are true, it would reflect badly on Willis's judgment as a lead prosecutor. Ultimately, it would be a question for the voters whether or not they want to reelect a person who exercised poor judgment. But when it comes to how these allegations might impact the ongoing criminal case against Mr. Trump, Porter says it would take a lot of proof for Wade or Willis to be disqualified from the case. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how it fix their case. It was all part of a plan to pay him more money and then she would draw the benefit, more or less a kickback. Then it's really irrelevant to the criminal case, to the Trump case. We have repeatedly reached out to Nathan Wade about these allegations. So far, he has not responded. All right, Zach, thank you so much. We also want to point out that D.A. Willis's team has said that they will only be responding in court filings of their own. Well, so that's your that's your uh, update on what's going on in Trump world. Let's hear from voters ahead of New Hampshire. Remember, we're coming on Tuesday night, eight o'clock, the New Hampshire primary. Let's hear what voters have to say. I guess we're ju- I guess we're just down to Haley and Trump now. We're here at the Goldenrod restaurant in Manchester, New Hampshire, ahead of the state's first in the nation primary. And I'm speaking with supporters of Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, and Donald Trump about why they've chosen to support their candidates and what issues are most important to Galen Druk. Tell me your name and who you're supporting. My name is Thalia Flores and I'm supporting Nikki Haley. My name is Jonathan Leslie and I'm supporting Governor DeSantis. My name is Arthur Evans and I'm supporting President Trump. Who did you support in the last election? I supported Joe Biden. And you? Donald Trump. And you? Donald Trump. Regardless of who wins the Republican primary, will you be supporting the Republican candidate in the 2024 election? If the nominee is Nikki Haley, I will support Nikki Haley in the general election. If the nominee is Donald Trump, I will support either Joe Biden or RFK Jr. What's the most important issue to you in this election? Goldfish, good evening. Immigration. Immigration. Not immigration. Um, I'm more interested in an overall leadership. New Hampshire, New Hampshire, you're concerned about immigration. And like, this guy's a little swarthy. Qualities. What do you think about the issue of immigration? I do think that the southern border has gotten out of control. And I think that Nikki Haley has some really good thoughts on, you know, getting that border under control. It's a problem, but I do think it's really important to continue to allow legal immigration for people who need asylum and need to come to this country to get away from oppression in other countries. I think some people would say 
The southern border is so far away from New Hampshire. How is it a number one issue for so Thank many you. Republicans here? It's Galen Drew. Border. Um, over the summer, up in Coas County, up in Pittsburgh, there was a Brooklyn, New York man who smuggled in uh, eight or nine uh, people over the border into Stewartstown uh, or Pittsburgh, and that's the, the upper tip. So it's not just affecting the southern border, not, not it's also affecting, uh, you know, New Hampshire. Are you supporting the candidate you've chosen more because you really like that candidate or you dislike the alternatives? My goal was to have an alternative. The result was really getting to like Nikki Haley and respect her and want her to be my president. Really? How about you? I 100% support Ron DeSantis. Since I, you know, kind of started to look into who's running for president, Donald Trump was an awesome president. I thought, you know, there were definitely a lot of great things about him, but I like some of Ron DeSantis' perspective a little bit more. And I'm 100% behind President Trump. I was in 2016 and 2020. And getting back to this, you know, are you are you voting uh, for Nikki or are you voting for Nikki because you're against President Trump? And I think that's that's what the uh, why there's been an outreach from the Haley campaign to reach out to these independents and vote for Nikki. But they're not voting for Nikki. They're voting against President Trump. Would you vote for Donald Trump if he is convicted of a felony before Election Day? More than likely, yeah. Even though I'm not supporting him necessarily in the primary, that a lot of the charges have been politically motivated. I think uh, Donald Trump- In five different jurisdictions. And he should be held accountable for his actions. Do you think that if he wins in 2024, he should seek quote unquote retribution against the Democrats? I believe he's gonna try to unite the country if the other side will unite with him. What do you think? Do you think he should seek retribution? What? He'll unite the country. Do you know? Do you know who Donald Trump is, sir? And if he's elected in 2024? No, I don't think that'll accomplish anything. I went to a Donald Trump rally for the first time this year. In one sentence, he was saying that he was being persecuted. The DOJ and the FBI are corrupt, and then and and he was being you know the the government's being weaponized. And then in the next paragraph or the next sentence, he was saying. When I get in there, I'm going to lock them all up and send them all to jail. <laughs> so, yep, yep, yep. The weaponizing. Is... So do you think that Donald Trump didn't actually do the things he said he was going to do when he ran the first time? No, not at all. I mean, we had gas at $1.87. We had pretty much world peace. Um, so no, I'm totally... No, we did not have world peace. Pre-Biden. When? But when? Back in 2020. Okay, so we were all staying home because of COVID. Nobody was on the roads. People were staying home. And there was no vaccine. Was still cheaper prior to 2020 than it is now. What do you think is the number one thing Nikki Haley will do that will improve the economy? The woman well, is smart. Having an accounting background, she's going to go in there and she's going to want to have full transparency of where our money is being spent. Both does she have an accounting background and overseas where our money is going how it's being spent and she's going to tighten up the purse strings and certain spending needs to be cut back and then put into other places she's really good on um you know defense spending so you said she's good on defense spending um and she's going to tighten the purse strings but she still wants to continue sending money over to ukraine what's your thoughts on that now, i'm not an expert on this but she talks about how uh ukraine is a very small portion of the defense budget and that she can take that money from other places 
Do you think we are, we shouldn't be giving Ukraine money? No, I think we're broke. Do you know anybody who serves? No. Okay, so I have a lot of friends who still serve. Their barracks are decrepit, but right now we're sending 50 billion annually to Ukraine rather than helping our troops become safer, be in healthy barracks. Part of the conversation in the Republican primary has been about race in America. It's like fish. And the different candidates have weighed in. I'm fish and chips. Overall, do you think that America is a racist country? I think we have had a racist problem in this country since its inception. And I think that we just try to make it better and learn from our mistakes, go forward. So I don't think America is a racist country. I think the Constitution was written race colorblind. But unfortunately, people are fallible. Um, but slave owners. Race prior. Things are, as you said, continually getting better. I would totally concur, uh, concur with Jonathan. But having heard that, right, you're talking to three white folks from New Hampshire. I'm not white. So, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's, I said he looks worthy. You assume it, and you can't really base that assumption. How do you feel like this conversation amongst all of us has... Well, he's like Italian or some uh, shit, isn't he? politics in America. Everyone wants America to be the best country it can be. We have different perspectives on how we get there. And it really shouldn't be this combative, oh, they want to blow up the country. I mean, yeah, there are some people who are like that. But for the most part, we all want America to be successful, our kids to be successful, our grandkids to be successful. And we all just have different perspectives on how to get there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we want things to be stable. And we want, like every father wants their children to have a better life than they have. Wilford Brimley looking motherfucker. Hi, yeah. I'm Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. Shut up, George. We're gonna get some Democratic voters here in just a little bit. I promise. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be one-sided. We're gonna hear from Democratic voters, but before we do that, we're gonna hear from one of the Democratic primary candidates. Let me tell you, I was gonna. I was. I was going to play you something from. Uh, Cornell West, he has not done it a bit. He has no presence in New Hampshire or Iowa. So, which is he, he's not in the Democratic primary anymore. He's in the general. So I don't, I don't fucking know, but like he ain't done shit for good evening. So I can't, I can't play you any Cornell West, but I can play you Dean Phillips who says Biden can't beat Trump into the conversation the iowa caucuses were last night and i would love to get your thoughts donald trump won by a landslide what's your reaction well the polls predicted it and my contention to democrats right now the is polish the people predicted it polls are showing that donald trump is stronger than people imagined and he's going to beat joe biden in fact the last polls that just came out show that Ron DeSantis, nikki haley and uh, president former president trump will all beat joe biden in the general election and there's a delusion right now amongst um, my friends in the Democratic Party that somehow uh, President Biden is reelectable. And the truth is, he's not. I think President Trump is a lot stronger than people Come would on, imagine man. and that people want. And I think he's going to just walk through this GOP primary uh, in a cakewalk. And the good news is Democrats still have an opportunity to recalibrate. I know it's not traditional. I know it's not uh, what uh, conventional wisdom within the political industrial complex would have us believe. But the reality is, I can beat Trump, and I can also beat Haley. President Biden can't, and I think that's what we discovered in Iowa. He is strong, and he's coming on stronger, and Democrats are complete. Sir, I'd never even seen your face until 
I, you ain't beating fucking nobody. What the hell? ...delusional and sleepwalking into a disaster if delusional. this poor nation. Let's talk about that poll you just mentioned because the numbers coming out of Iowa last night do suggest it would be a cakewalk for Donald Trump to get the GOP nomination. And a recent S poll, as you said, stated, said that Nikki Haley, Governor Ron DeSantis, and Donald Trump would all beat President Joe Biden in a head-to-head -head matchup in 2024. Now, a tracker from 538 says that you voted with President Biden 100% of the time. So what would make the outcome different if we replace President Biden mm -hmm. with nominee Dean Phillips? Well, let's let's start with what the numbers are showing, which is most of this country, an overwhelming majority of this country collectively does not want a Trump and Biden rematch. Most of this country believes both men to be too old to serve in this position. And that's not my comment about yes, that. that is what the country is saying so let's just start with generational change the biggest contrast you can draw right now is this is democratic candidate dean phillips experienced candidate of good principle and ready to lead the country president biden at age 82 by the time of the next election 86 by the time of the end of his it is this motherfucker marianne williamson and chank uger running in the democratic primary so uh second term if he were to win again uh, is an elderly man a good man but that's what the country's saying that's one my policies are different uh, i will be a democrat to acknowledge the truth the southern border is an unmitigated disaster we have chaos there we have chaos in our cities uh, we have a crisis overseas of war and it is spreading it is not being contained uh, we also have a horrible a lack of affordability in our country the president has done a good job of investing in America. You just referenced my voting record with him. Those were good investments. The infrastructure bill, the uh, CHIPS Act. But he has not invested in Americans. And that's my contention and the biggest point of difference with the president. We need health care for everybody. I've never Public seen his face before. Build seven million houses in this country to eliminate homelessness and put downward pressure on unaffordable rents. And we need to be a country that finally establishes a mechanism by which young people can go to college and go to trade school can go to Democrat DeSantis with tens of thousands of dollars in debt. That has not been accomplished. So between costs and chaos, we are very different leaders, not to mention the most obvious, which is generational. And that's why I think this country would much rather see a Nikki Haley Dean Phillips matchup this November than a Donald Trump Joe Biden matchup. It's about the I don't know. No. N Dean Phillips, Nikki Haley. I hate that combo as well. No, I think I'd rather have Joe Biden than you, you jackass. So. Uh, it's a, and that's a very low bar, but I don't think you clear it, motherfucker. I think you get a titty slap. A titty slap. <laughs> Come on now. And I was, I was calling him Genocide Joe earlier in the show. So, fuck off. I promise you Democrats. Here's, the, here's what Democrats in Michigan are saying are their deal breaker issues about 2024. We sat down with a group that included Michigan State students and community activists. Four of them identified as Democrats. We talked about a range of topics, including the challenges Mr. Biden faced. Ain't high enough for this shit. That supported him in 2020. 
while I'm not pleased with everything he's done, uh, I still just think he's the better choice. He's the safer choice. He's the more stable choice. Because um, you think Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee? I do. Tossin, you did change your mind. Yes. On the president. Why? Um, I was a champion for Joe Biden until October 7th. I feel he's disowned us, disenfranchised us with his stance on Gaza. What do you mean by that? He's not listening to us. We are asking for a ceasefire at this time. Uh, it's a human, humanitarian catastrophe in Gaza. Too many lives are being lost at this time. I was never a single issue voter. In fact, I used to you got to wait out the cab. Not to be single issue voters. But for me, this is a deal breaker. <laughs> Way too many lives have been lost. When you say us, you're Muslim. Is that what yes. you mean? Mm -hmm. You think the Muslim community here feels as you do? Yes, I think a vast majority of Muslims, Arab Americans, uh, even progressives. Uh, he needs, he being Joe Biden, absolutely needs that community. And it's not just, it's not just the Muslim community, it's young people. Young people in general are being turned off by his response in got to Gaza. I identify myself as a progressive, and many people that I talk to in my circles do not are not going to be voting for Joe Biden. Kathy, how do you feel about this issue? Well, I feel like it's really a difficult issue, but I'm glad we have someone like Biden with his wisdom and experience trying to decide how to handle this. Um, I believe that. He, I, I like when he says things like Israel has the right to defend Can I go itself fish? and um, to do what it needs to do to protect its citizens from Hamas. I think he stresses that Israel's got to be really careful not to commit war crimes. I think he's been really clear on that. Um, I just don't know what else he can do. I think people think he has more power over Netanyahu than he does. So abortion is legal and protected in the state of Michigan, your state uh, vote. Well, she, she is, is wrong. I think like, the idea that the U.S. doesn't have more control over what Israel does with the money we send them. Like, fucking Biden averted Congress in order to even send Israel even more money. And I agree, Shelley. Trump will be worse for Muslims. I it's it's a tough decision to be in. I under I understand. I am not going to fault anybody for not voting for Joe Biden. If you if you if you live in a swing state, I would implore you to vote for Joe Biden. But I'm not going to I'm not going to fault you if you don't. I understand it, and it is going to be a fucking heartbreaking election. If, if Joe Biden's going to win the popular vote, that's going to happen. Probably by more than Hillary. I'm calling that. I'm going to guess around 5 million votes. We're not going to have the turnout that we had in 2020. And Joe Biden is going to win the popular vote. 4 or 5 million votes. But it's a possibility that he loses the Electoral College. And it's a, it's a good possibility. So I don't I don't know what to do with that, but I'm not I'm I am I am not the one to vote shame. I've said it a million times here on this show. The 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 choices that result in who who gets to be president are made at the local level 20, 30 years before 
So, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta get involved locally in the local party. You gotta take your local party over. You gotta create a party where there's not one. Create a DSA or some shit. I don't know. And it's a process that takes time, and it's frustrating. But your vote for president, like, right now, isn't, is, isn't like, the most important vote. However, I'm really concerned about what would happen if a Trump gets in office. I'm going to vote for Joe Biden. I, I am not going to fault anybody who doesn't feel that they can. They can... I encourage them to still go vote, go vote down ballot, go vote for a, a third party candidate. I cool. I'm not going to vote shame anybody. Not, not my business. It's interesting to hear what the, what these democratic voters have to say though. Voted for that. But do all of you, um, not high enough for this shit. any vision for what should happen at the national level? If you see Donald Trump elected, Sean, do you think uh, that there will be federal limits on abortion access? Uh, no, I don't believe so, because I think the court has been quite clear, and this was through their opinion in the Dobbs case, um, allowing states to tailor their own methods for regulating abortion. And then this it, is not a Democratic voter, this is a Republican. wrote that opinion that it wasn't going to be federally regulated. The only way you can do that is if you change the Constitution. So. I could see or write a new law well they could write a new law but unless they unless they add it into the uh, to an amendment then I could see the court swiftly striking it down like the court does with many things at, in either presidency for Trump or Biden and so I'm not exactly worried about that issue I would like to see instead uh, what I just said where uh, Congress does make an amendment protecting the life of everyone including people in the womb some of the Republican candidates have different visions on what you just laid out there. Um, you are shaking your head yeah, vehemently, I so I, sad, I have yeah. to know. You feel strongly. <laughs> Please tell me yeah. how much of uh, reproductive rights are a factor in your presidential campaign vote. Oh, it's huge. The president chooses our Supreme Court justices. I wish I had confidence that you say in in our Supreme Court justices. I I think there's probably it's one of the most important things that the president does, and that um, we have had. You believe uh, a Republican politician, you're a sucker. Are, you know, really you believe pretty much any politician, you're a that sucker. I find very disconcerting, and I'm very concerned about reproductive freedom in this country. And you are as well. Same. I mean, I think it was, um, you know, looking bigger picture, just the last few Supreme Court nominees, the process was totally upended and totally disregarded. And I think it starts with that, and then... Freedoms were rolled back, such as such as reproductive freedoms. So I'm fortunate that we have protected them in the state of Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, I think just again, the American people are for some type of abortion protection. Certainly, there's a sliding scale, but for the federal government to just disregard that um, and go the other way, I think is appalling. Saba, you said reproductive rights are a huge factor for you, but that you probably won't vote for President Biden. I think it would be hypocritical of me to use reproductive rights as a way to justify voting for Biden when Biden is aiding and sending military aid to Israel, which is airstriking Gaza and blocking humanitarian aids 
leading to women there who are pregnant um, either getting C-sections without anesthesia, not being able to be provided with prenatal care. It, it's interesting that, just to button this up, you are not very excited <laughs> about the Democratic candidate, but I saw the both of you, you are excited, but I saw the both of you jump. When yeah, them older people, they like Biden. That is something that's going to make you show up to vote, even though you're kind of eh. Yeah, on the candidate. <laughs> I I think so. I mean, you see, you see, something. you see exactly who is excited about Biden. Her. That's that's what like blows my mind. I was I've, I've told this story before. I've edited for I was editing for a podcast, and they were like professional levels. They were, they were like Gen X. Like, one of them was a, a doctor, and another one was, like, a hospital administrator, and another one was, was a lawyer, and they had a podcast, and they fucking love Joe Biden! And, like, I'm like, this is where this mythical Joe Biden supporter is! And, like, they were absolute. they hated, hated Bernie. It was wild, and it wasn't. It wasn't a political podcast. They were just kind of, you know, topical, and it was twenty twenty. <laughs> so, like, and this woman, this woman's all about some Joe Biden, but you can see, you can see the divide with the with the ages and the skin tone. Democrat at the moment, I would say. Um, I think Joe Biden's made a lot of missteps. I think he's not he's not a perfect man. He's not a perfect candidate, but nobody is. Um, and I think he's done the best. But I think it's it's been alarming to see the things that have gone on, particularly in the Supreme Court, around things like reproductive rights. It's been alarming. And mm -hmm. I just think it's a huge wake up call to women, to young women. That ended abruptly. Oh, I could name fucking 10 things, 20 things uh, that the Biden administration, the Congress, predominantly, you know, in the, in the first two years when Congress was Democratic, the things that the Democrats have done that were, that were, uh, beneficial to us that that were helpful i i i believe democrats being in power is better for the country and is better for for me personally so that's that's why i vote the way i do but i once again i won't vote shame anybody and if we're if we were in a different time i I have probably voted independent more than I've voted Democratic. It's just right now, like, it's more of a protest vote. If I, if I, if I could help establish a true third party, I would vote for that. But I don't have that option. If you, if you were in a solid blue state and you've got a DSA and you were working families party, like fucking vote for them. I encourage it. It helps strengthen those parties. If you're not going to vote Democratic. At least your vote goes for something. And like those, 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 especially those two parties are serious about getting candidates on the ballot.
Reed Zicario on CNN says that our allies are nervous about the U.S. presidential election. The conversations swirling around the chilly mountain air of Davos this week keep returning to one. Oh, he was in Davos. Our built former prime minister of Sweden said to me, 2024 is the year of 50 or so elections around the world. But there is only one election we're all talking about. The one in America. When abroad, Americans can often be parochially attentive to their own politics, boring their foreign counterparts with long discussions of party politics in the Senate or the prospects of a new governor. But this time, I find it's the Americans who are weary of their country's political drama, while foreigners are panicking about what might happen in November. The American election is taking place at a crucial moment. Around the world, we're seeing several challenges to the rules-based international order that has served humanity well for decades. In Europe, the bloodiest war the continent has seen since World War II threatens to upend its security system. In the Middle East, Iran and its allies, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis and others, are testing their ability to disrupt the balance of power in the region. And in Asia, the rise of China remains the large long-term disruption to which one must add North Korea's accelerating arms buildup and increasingly belligerent rhetoric. All of these have become tests of will for the US, which is scrambling to mobilize its allies in Europe, Asia, and the Middle East to help deter these threats and resolve crises. But many allies worry that in November, America could decide it has had enough, that these many problems perhaps do not centrally threaten American security and are therefore not worth confronting. Much of the rhetoric of Donald Trump and some of his closest ideological soulmates, from Tucker Carlson to Vivek Ramaswamy, feeds into this fear. So if Trump were to win the election and practice what he preaches, what happens to American allies that have stuck their necks out to partner with Washington? Sweden's bill told me, consider my country in Finland. We have taken a huge step in joining NATO, one that puts us in a confrontational pose against Russia. We did this under the assumption that we had the backing of the armed forces of the United States. What happens if Trump wins and decides to pull out of NATO? We would be left exposed and have to think long and hard about our options. Finland, for its part, abandoned a policy of neutrality that had served it well for more than 70 years, and it could find itself deeply vulnerable to Russian attacks along its 830-mile border with that country. Its capital, Helsinki, is less than 200 miles from St. Petersburg. I detected similar concerns when I was in Australia a few weeks ago. On the surface, Australian officials and analysts were bullish about their newly strengthened alliance with America and proud that they would now be trusted by Washington with nuclear submarines, a technology that so far the U.S. has shared only with Britain. But underneath the unease, nuclear submarines. in recent years, Australia has moved decisively to ally itself with Washington and in the process enraged China, its largest economic partner. This is a balancing act that makes some strategists nervous. Sam Rogovin is a scholar at the Lowy Institute, Australia's leading think tank on international affairs. He has written a book 
the echidna strategy that best articulates this nervousness. Rogovin argues that Australia is making a major mistake by relying on the U.S. to be there for it over the next few decades. He believes that the Americans will, over time, conclude it's just not worth the enormous and sustained cost to confront China and Asia, that its security does not require it, and it will scale back its foreign commitments. I wish! That would leave Australia in a terrible place having angered and alienated the Chinese, but without America's security umbrella to show for it. He advocates turning Australia into an echidna, an Australian version of a porcupine, hard to attack, even harder to digest. Ever since World War II, Washington, on a bipartisan basis, has adopted an expansive vision of its own security, one that recognized it alone could help undergird stability in the key regions of the world. That global role has helped create what historians call the long peace and the open global economy. If Trump wins in November and rejects that broader view of America in the world, Is that a, joke? a retreat could create power vacuums, leave allies exposed, and tempt adversaries to accelerate their attacks and heighten their ambitions. And that is why, this time around, it is foreigners nervously watching and obsessing about the Iowa caucuses and the New Hampshire primary. Go to CNN.com slash Fareed for a link to my... Fuck you, Fareed. I assume that Netanyahu, Putin, they want Trump back in power. They'll do everything in their power to make that happen. But there are some people who think that Netanyahu will not be in power by the end of the year. Uh, this extremely Jewish-looking man is going to explain it to us. Aaron, look, you said this, I don't know how many times to me, in the last uh, 105 days, that uh, there are various parties uh, who will not be party to a deal that results in a, 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 the establishment of a Palestinian state. And Benjamin Netanyahu is one of them. With him at the table, it's not going to happen. So probably none of this is a surprise to you. Uh, no. And, and you know, uh, thanks for having me, Ali. And you know that uh, Tip O'Neill said that all politics is local. And clearly, Mr. Netanyahu ideologically is opposed to a Palestinian state. But he also knows that several members of his government, should he agree to one right now, would probably jump ship. And that's going to mean, as you pointed out, he's on trial for bribery, fraud, breach of trust in the Jerusalem District Court, now three years and running. Unless Mr. Netanyahu stays prime minister of Israel, it's less the war, Ali. It's the determination to, to hang on to power because it's only through right. hanging on to power that he can seek to dilute or sometime, somehow end run that indictment. And I think that's the key here. Let's talk about um, what this means. Some people are shocked at what Netanyahu has said, but a close study of Netanyahu since he first came to office will tell you that he's actually been relatively consistent on, on not being a, a champion for a two-state solution or, in the case of the Palestinian Authority, actively he's been consistently undermining awful. their ability to, to be a representative of the Palestinian people. He succeeded. He's weakened the Palestinian Authority. He did empower Hamas, and they are empowered, and now now uh, stronger than they were probably on October 6th. Uh, what, what, what?
can happen. It, it, we've heard this week that Americans are talking to other Israelis about what happens after Benjamin Netanyahu. But what can happen? Well, there's the day after Gaza and there's the day after Netanyahu. The problem is that there's no mechanism right now to remove it. He has a, a majority of 64, and with Benny, Benny Gantz adding 12, Jews joined the work cabinet, that gives him a comfortable majority. So right now, literally, there's no way to end his uh, his prime ministry. It may well be, and I do not believe, Ali, that the most intense kinetic phase of this war is going to continue for several more months. The, the war is going to wind down. And at that point, the reservists are going to return home, many of whom are extremely critical of Netanyahu for his efforts to rearrange the political furniture in Israel and undermine the independence of, of a uh, uh, Supreme Court of the judiciary. Uh, there may be increasing protests. At that point, Benny Gantz may decide to leave the government and to tell the people of Israel why he's leaving. So Netanyahu is not a, it's not a sole unitary actor. He's going to be under increasing pressure. There's also going to be a state commission of inquiry, which is going to address the issue of uh, the massive intelligence and operational failure. So uh, I, I'm afraid, and he's the worst of all possible combinations because he's conflated his own legal and political travails with what he believes are the best interests of his country. He's the wrong leader to steer Israel through a critically important period. Problem is, um, as we approach uh, presidential elections, he is banking on a Trump victory. There's no question about it. It would relieve some of the pressure, and Trump will create a sugar high for Israel. There's no doubt about that. But again, I, I'm, I'm not taking bets on this one. I think there's a reasonable chance that by the end of 2024, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu may not be the prime minister of Israel. Let's hope. And again, having worked for Republicans and Democrats and voted for Republicans and Democrats, that Joe Biden is around to deal with the next uh, Israeli government. Uh, Aaron, typically, Anthony Blinken or people, American officials who have visited Israel since October 7th have gone to Israel, then they've gone to other places, Qatar or Saudi Arabia. In this case, Blinken went to a number of Arab states first to try and coalesce around some kind of an agreement about what can happen to Gaza. And it was shot down the second he got uh, to Israel. Netanyahu said, no deal. Blinken goes back uh, empty handed. That said, we already we've discussed the fact that Netanyahu is not looking for that sort of a situation. Is there anything about the discussions in, that that Blinken had with uh, Arab leaders that suggest uh, a potential plan for Gaza in the in the post-war days? I don't see one, frankly. I know it's sobering, annoyingly negative analysis, but I, I don't see one. An international force with the UN or outside one is not is not imaginable, frankly. The Arabs are not going to uh, do the Israeli bidding, certainly while Israel remains militarily involved in Gaza by sending their own forces. And the notion of bringing back the Palestinian Authority, training Palestinian security forces, even if you could work out the politics, is at least 8, 10, 12 months away. So nobody has an answer, frankly, to the day after, yeah. or even the day after the day after. And that's going to be... A serious problem as we move to uh, to 2024. One Palestinian point, authority over what exactly? Joe Biden's demeanor, his emotional commitment to Israel, not to Netanyahu, means that he he tends to want to accommodate, understand, and work with Netanyahu rather than confront him. The president has uh, has options. He could withhold or slow off military assistance. He actually seemed to rule that out tonight in his post uh, uh, phone call with Netanyahu's comments. 
Um, he could change voting uh, patterns in New York and abstain or vote for you in security council resolution. And in the nuclear option, should he choose, he could endorse a cessation of hostilities, which would put him fundamentally at odds uh, uh, with Benjamin Netanyahu's government. I just don't see, see frankly, Ali, whether we're, we're, that we're looking at a major breach uh, between Israel and the United States anytime soon. Dub Lester. I don't think we actually got Lester, but you know. If there was a Lester, I'd be telling him to shut up. Disbelief in Gretna, Louisiana. After a teenager went to Gaza and was shot by the IDF. Well, tonight, a love, loved ones of a Gretna teenager killed in Palestine gathered to pray for him. 17-year-old Tofiq Abdul-Jabbar was shot yesterday, reportedly by either an Israeli soldier or civilian. Rachel Hanley was at the vigil as his friends and family expressed their sadness, shock, and anger. To wake up to a call like that, I was in, in disbelief. And 17-year-old Tofiq Abdul-Jabbar's loved ones still are, since learning Friday that he had been killed overseas. Nobody knows how to react. I mean, we still don't know what, we still can't fully comprehend what happened. Tofiq was born and raised in Gretna. This past summer, his family moved to the West Bank of Palestine. His dad wanted, wanted to take him there for a year or so to kind of, you know, show him our heritage, our roots, his grandparents' roots, his ancestors' roots. He was planning to graduate there, then come back and study engineering at UNO. And he was smart, he did good in school, and he had aspiring goals. Then Friday, he was with a friend when he was shot and killed. Saturday, friends and family remembered his kindness and sense of humor at a vigil at the Omar Mosque. He was always a, he was always a funny person. Always brings your mood up when, you know, not, nothing's going on. He was outgoing, goofy, funny, great heart, bright kid, bright future. That same day, thousands of miles away, Tofiq's body was carried through the streets wrapped in a Palestinian flag. He was laid to rest in his family's ancestral village. His parents were told he was shot by either an Israeli soldier or a settler. They're being strong. They're being strong. They're in shock, just like we all are. Besides the grief of losing Tofiq, his loved ones are also feeling angry over how he died. They think some of Tofiq's blood is on the U.S. government's hands because of its longtime support of Israel. Every congressman should be talking about this. Every senator should be talking about this. I have not heard one statement yet. We hope our American administration can take a stand to spread the peace instead of spreading weapons. kind of weird that a U.S. citizen was shot. Palestine and for a teenager who should have been able to come home. Rachel Handley, WWL, Louisiana. I I said definitely that it was an IDF soldier. Apparently there is some dispute over that. Where did I see it confirmed in another story? They said IDF soldier or a settler. It was definitely an Israeli. The the GOP apparently has the votes to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas 
This is according to, which which is weird because they have a razor thin fucking margin. This is according to someone who went on for drinks with Maria Bartiromo this morning. Heart-wrenching testimony from Tammy Nobles during the Mayorkas impeachment hearing after her autistic daughter, Kayla Hamilton, was brutally murdered by a member of MS-13 who was in this country illegally. Republicans on the House Homeland Security Committee voted to... Wait, what? We covered this story. I don't remember MS-13 being involved in this. Can you guys fact check that? I don't think that's true. Because we we covered that testimony. Move forward with impeaching Mayorkas for his failure to secure the southern border with a markup of the articles expected before the end of the month. Joining me right now in this Sunday Morning Futures exclusive to walk us through the process is the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, Congressman Mark Green. Mr. Chairman, thanks very much for being here. Thanks, Maria. Well, this really was hard to watch, this testimony by the woman who lost her daughter. You all are out until the end of January. When you get back on January 29th, will you walk us through how you lazy asses impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas? Yeah, Maria, right now we are assembling articles of impeachment to uh, present to our committee. We'll mark those up in committee very shortly after getting back. And then passing the committee, they'll go to the floor for a vote on the floor. So the vote on the floor you're expecting in early February then? I think it's very soon after. You know, one of our challenges is just uh, the, the folks that are out for health issues right now. But once, once those individuals get back, I anticipate a very quick vote on the floor. Bottom line, do you feel you have the votes to impeach Mayorkas? Yes, we have the votes. You have the votes, and and, and are, you, are, are you seeing that as a uh, opening to actually get this done? What happens in the Senate? Do you believe he will actually be out? Guys, 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 I'm not sure we're not days away from a vote to remove the Speaker of the House again. And this motherfucker out here, we're going to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary. I kind of think he's full of shit. Just, just throwing it out there. Good job. I, I certainly hope so, Maria. Look, this guy has subverted the laws passed by Congress, ignoring a co-equal branch of government. It's very clear the law says shall detain, and Mayorkas has done everything not to detain. In fact, he's created systems that, what he calls lawful parole, but it's actually totally contradicting the Immigration and Nationality Act that was passed by this Congress. The executive branch executes the laws. Congress writes laws. If, if a cabinet secretary doesn't believe in those laws, he should run for Congress. No, I love workers. He shouldn't just Good like evening, pumpkin spice. Wants. And that's basically what Mayorkas has done. And that's why we're going after this impeachment. It's about the Constitution, Maria. It's about the founding principles of our country, separation of power, a, 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 an executive branch that executes, and a legislative branch that writes the laws. He doesn't get to write the laws or pick and choose. Well, I mean, do you find it ironic that suddenly uh, President Biden claims he's been telling everybody for 10 years that the border is not secure? I mean, he just said that. Uh, of course, we know well, we're two on, days man. away from New Hampshire and 289 days away from the presidential election. It appears the president is getting religion. Now, I think Wait, what's what? Is, is what? and this is an 80-20 issue for the American people. Uh, the American people, even Democrats, I mean, I have Democrats that are my colleagues in the House telling me that he should be fired 
but it's it's unfortunate they're probably going to vote to to not impeach but but the truth of the matter is every american recognizes that they're not safe with this open border his lawless actions have resulted in uh you know 150,000 fentanyl deaths the cartels metastasizing across our country, controlling the gangs that are in our country and in our cities. Um, of course, the terrorists. You, know, you and I have talked before on your weekday show about the 28,000 Chinese that have come into this country in the last year, many of them military age with prior associations with the PLA. I mean, we he has put the national security, the safety of Americans at massive risk, and that impact is because of his lawlessness. He has to go. Well, we don't even know why they're doing it, why they're coming all over here. Are they being directed by Xi Jinping? I mean, 28,000 Chinese Wait, nationals, military-aged men. We may already have written the script of what's about to happen to America. What, why? Well, I don't understand why they're allowing it. I can tell you that Xi Jinping is, he knows, he saw what happened in Ukraine. The Russians infiltrated people. They immigrated into uh, Western, uh, or yeah, Eastern Ukraine. And then they basically, when the attack happened, those those guys became the saboteurs. Now, if you look at the China's numbers behind it here, the highest number of Chinese nationals was 1,800, and suddenly in a year it's 28,000, and you can't get a plane ticket in China without a correct social credit score. The Chinese know when you're flying to El Salvador and coming to the United States. Well, this is all very disturbing, and the reason that we're constantly asking the question whether or not Joe Biden is compromised. But let me go back to the what. Why now? Why not a year ago? I mean, you just heard your Good colleague, man. Michael McCall, say we should have done this a year ago. And, and we're still talking about it. You can understand the frustration on the part of Republican voters, our, our, your constituents who say y you all can't get it done. Maria, I'm frustrated. I would love to have done this a year ago, but because there are colleagues, and, and these are some Republicans who think that there ought to be a, a judicial, methodical uh, due process, we did that in our committee. We did a five-phased investigation over the course of the last year, looking at his dereliction of duty, looking at the human cost of the country, looking at the financial cost of the country, looking for waste, fraud, and abuse. And, and we have finished that report in December, and now we're moving forward with the impeachment. We did that methodical process to educate the American people and hopefully educate a few Republicans that felt that was a necessary process. All right, Congressman, we're going to be watching your work and, of course, those articles of impeachment and the... I don't... Is he a robot? Is he a robot? Look at the way he's sitting. Look at his body. Can I get a ruling on that? I think this man's a robot. Who is he? He's a sex doll. Representative Mark Green of Tennessee. Representative Mark Green of Tennessee. He's a sex doll. Meanwhile, Texas officials are cracking down even harder. We, we saw... Uh, their confiscation of Eagle Pass last week. They are intensifying their border enforcement. Well, in other news, the state still locked in a heated battle with the Biden administration over the southern border. On Saturday, officials put up more razor wire in Eagle Pass to keep migrants from crossing the river into a local park. The state now letting troopers arrest migrants who tamper with the wire while trying to cross. They're now being charged with criminal trespassing. Arrested migrants will wait in jail until sentencing and then be turned over to ICE, which will decide whether to 
deport them. On Friday, state lawmakers toured the border where they had strong words for the White House. My personal message would be that uh, your policy positions and your decisions matter. And we have a, a true uh, chaotic anarchy type situation with people coming over uh, by the thousands. Well, DPS says the Mexican state of Coahuila is cooperating with the U.S. Any migrants traveling to the U.S. by train are being picked up and bused further south into Mexico. What? Speaking of Mexico, Mexican police apparently shot and killed a man. This caused protests. Apparently turned violent. Residents of a Mexican town set fire to the municipal palace. Municipal palace sounds weird. After local police shot a young man in the neck. Hold on, I should probably hit the content warning for that. This is, this is a brawl that took place in... It just says Mexican town. Lerdo Esta de Pie. I don't know if that's the person who took the video in the name of the town. Reports say 27-year-old Brandon Arnano was shot after he did not stop at the checkpoint. The authorities did not say why he was stopped. Sound like he wanted some bussy. That's horrible of me. <laughs> If you're, you're going to give up the bussy, though. Life is too short to walk this earth for a crusty asshole. Wash your ass. It's one of those nights. It's one of those nights. Speaking of giving up the bussy. I, that, doesn't even, that doesn't even make any sense. That transition doesn't work. I can't even twist it anyway. I'm sorry. Anyway, Moms for Liberty have a real problem with people who give up the bussy. They, uh, they got a real stick up their asses about that sort of thing. The co-founder of Moms for Liberty, not the one who was involved in the scandal where she was having a threesome and her husband raped one of their uh, uh, lovers. You live in sexual anarchy? That's, that's not the, the founder of Moms for Liberty we're going to be hearing from. It's the other one. 
she's going to be trying to defend book bans against Joy Reid. LGBTQ parents and parents of LGBTQ kids, so they have parental rights. Every parent, Joy, every parent means every parent has the fundamental right to direct the upbringing of their children. And liberal parents? Do liberal um, parents have those rights as well? All parents, sure. So, so let, me, let me point you to some statistics, sure. because the question becomes then who gets to decide what all kids get to read. The Washington Post took a look at the uh, that about a thousand plus book challenges that were filed, and they found that they were filed nationwide by just 11 people. Each of these people brought 10 or more challenges against books in their school district. Together, these serial filers constituted 6% of all book challengers, but they were responsible for 60% of filings in Florida. Tampa Bay Times, they found that of roughly 1,100 complaints recorded in Florida since July 2022, we're talking about more than 700 just from two counties, Escambia in the Western Panhandle and Clay County. Together, those are less than 3% of the public school enrollment, 600 of those complaints, two people. Why should 13 you. people get to decide what books tens of thousands of children get to read? Well, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably because those 13 people saw what some of the content was in the books. I mean, explicit, graphic, sexual content. And I'm happy to talk about some of that content if, you, if you'd like to. Well, this is the question again. Let's the talk about it. Band. I want to give you just no, a second. No, 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 Joy, but I want to be clear. No uh, one's I'm banning books. The Write the book, print the book, life, publish the book, put the book in the public shot. library, sell the book, right? Uh, we're talking about a public school library. Mm -hmm. Children don't have unfettered access to the internet at school. Mm -hmm. I did a, a FOIA records request, and, and, and I wanted to see what kinds of internet sites are banned mm -hmm. in schools, if we're going to talk about banning, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the subject matter in the books that moms are concerned about are the same things that kids don't have access to on the internet. So it, it just feels very hypocritical, right? No, why is no one out there protesting for, you know, free the internet in schools? <laughs> let, me, let me give you an example of some of the books that have been removed from shelves as a result of the activities of organizations like Moms for not, Liberty. Wait, we're not going to talk like hold Moms for Liberty. No, no, no. We're going to talk specifically and Moms, moms for, Liberty. for Liberty. Absolutely. So just, in America. I'm happy to have this Absolutely. conversation with you, Joel. Absolutely. You're all funded by the same people. The actions of Moms for Liberty. Chapters. Oh, 100%. Because I can't that. be possibly what? responsible for sure. every single parent but in America. But your organization right? is the lead. You're the leading organization that's doing this. You have chapters all over the country. And other organizations are following your lead. And PEN America has listed, they have posted the list of books that have been removed from shelves as a result of these activities. So let me just read you a couple of them. Anne Frank's A Diary of a Young Girl. Mouse, which is a book about the Holocaust, a graphic novel. Gender Queer, a memoir. All Boys Aren't Blue. Beloved, Martin Luther King Jr. and the March on Washington. Ruby Bridges Goes to School. Slaughterhouse-Five, The Color Purple, Forever by Judy Bloom. I could go on. These are books that are not only popular, in some cases are classics. Tony Morrison's The Bluest Eye. Let me give you an example. Well, I'd like, I'd like to answer sure, your question. Please do. Yeah. yeah. So you just mentioned a list of books. And so yeah. Moms for Liberty doesn't have like a national book list. There was never a list of books that we... I believe, if I, if I remember correctly, this excerpt of Senator Kennedy is from Genderqueer. I can't wait to have your cock in my mouth. I'm going to give you the blowjob of your life. Then I want you inside of me. Am I, am I am I wrong about that? I do believe that's the book that's from. We put out and said, parents, be concerned about these books, right? We didn't do it because mm -hmm. we want our parents to be effective advocates. Mm -hmm. So when moms are going into the libraries and the schools, when they're seeing what their children have access to, when they go to speak to the superintendent, 
or the principal. They have accurate Super information. Right? They're Where are they getting advocates. their information from? You can just go online to a, a catalog in your children's library Correct. and you can see what Without books are reading available. What is no. book, what is, one moment, what is booklooks.com? I, I'm aware of a website called booklooks.com where parents can go and see some of the books that other parents are concerned with. She's cute. I'd live in sexual in, anarchy in with her. extensively in counties like, I used to live in Broward County. I lived there for 14 years. Okay. In counties like Broward County. I'd be like a Blake swinger County, with like her. Scambia. Moms for Liberty activists are using booklooks.com. And it's essentially a cliff notes for books. Yeah. So you go through without even having to read the book. I'm going to just hold it up so our audience can see what it looks like. This is the one for All Boys Aren't Blue, which is one of the books Moms for Liberty has Everyone should go and see the content in this book. That's such a good idea. And so what happens is you can do keyword searches and find certain keywords. Like rape. You can find key. Yeah. Or anal rape or dildo. You can find all sorts of keywords. Those types of words. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait. Let me finish my question. Then you can answer. I'm going to give you time to answer, but I got to ask you first. Oh, yeah. Tiffany Justice. What you find is the keywords that you find, the Uh N-word, anything, words like you just used, whether you'll get out-of-context passages from the book, and then based on that, Moms for Liberty members are going to places like Broward County mm-hmm. School Board meetings, reading out of pass, out of context passages from these books, and then demanding that the school board remove them. So what's that the is the way. Yeah. The, the question I'm asking is, what is the expertise that you have and other Moms for Liberty advocates have to decide that a- the the picture that I used of her for the thumbnail, she looks like a Tina Fey character. A book, an award-winning book, like All Boys Aren't Blue, isn't appropriate for students to read. What What is your expertise? What a tragic story of a young man who's anally raped by his adult family members. Does that not look like a Tina Fey character? You said you'd let me answer, so I'm going to answer for you. Please do. In what context is a strap-on dildo acceptable for public school? Just, I mean, that's my question Mm -hmm. to you. Tell me what the context around... The strap on dildo or the rape of a award winning memoir. No, no, no. no wait, We're talking about for young adults. One, one moment. All right. So now you've asked me questions. Sure. Well, and I'm going to answer it. Okay. Well, who is the main character? What's the name of the main character in All Boys Are Blue? You're asking me right now. You just gave me very specific information about this book, so you're presenting yourself as somebody expert. It's the gentleman. Who's the main character in the the book? The main character is the author. What's his name? George, I believe, is his first name. Because you're giving me very specific information that is presenting yourself as an expert. You're asking me to remember the name of an author. You just remembered very specific things. Here's my question. We're talking about question. You didn't answer my question. No, no, no. I'm I'm going to answer your question. Great. I would love to hear that. Absolutely. Well, I'm interviewing you, and you're not interviewing me, so let's just make sure it's a conversation, okay? Okay, great. what I'm saying to you is that as you are not an expert in this book, I don't have to be an expert to know that dildos aren't appropriate for public school. I mean, come on, let's get real. This book is a full context story, as you said, of the author's experience. Why is it your right or a Moms for Liberty activist's right to say that a parent who wants their child to have access to this book, which gives a personal experience of this author, that they, the, why doesn't a liberal parent, for instance, or a parent of an LGBTQ kid, why don't they have a right for their child to just have access to this book? Why is it your right to say they can't? So, again, we're talking about incest, rape, and pedophilia. And Boy, each parent, no, each parent has to decide what is appropriate for their child to read. So I want you to answer, I'm going to so ask you one more time. A, right. What is your right to tell a parent who wants their child, who might feel seen by this story, why don't oh they gosh. have the right? Why don't they have the right as a parent to say, my child can have access to this book? If a child your pearls. by this story, that means that they have been uh, the victim of a predator. That means that they have 
either been raped by a family member. They, Which they is far more common than you probably want to acknowledge. Well. You just said that What's the child feels that? seen by this story. You're now making assumptions no, about it. Sure. But, no, no. but if Let a child has been raped, we should do a lot you better than put a book on a library Now you're literally shelf. creating we a story behind a child that you don't know. Let me show you a form. This is a form that can be obtained in Broward County, Florida. I'm going to show it to the audience, and then I'm going to show it to you. Okay. This is called Can the opt-out. Yeah, please, I'm going to hand it to you. Thank you so much. It's called Lord, good evening. Okay. An opt-out form would allow any parent, because you said you are in favor of parental rights. I am. It would allow any parent to opt out of their child being able to take books out of the library without their parents' permission. Okay. So that Moms for Liberty, why not advocate that every school in America have an opt-out form so that a parent who doesn't want their child to access a book like All Boys Aren't Blue, right. that they can make that choice because then each parent, including a liberal parent, a black parent, a parent who wants their child to read a book about African-American history, then we they want get all, their We want children to read books Why not just opt history, out so. for yourself rather than tell other parents? Out. First of all, I think what you're talking about here is a wonderful step in the right direction. Um, we should be having conversations about this. This is about local control. Mm -hmm. A lot of these decisions are made at, made at the local school board level. Mm -hmm. And that's where these decisions should be made. And there should be vibrant conversations. Sure. What does she tip when she goes out to a restaurant? 10%? 12%? About what's happening in our public schools and what kids have access to. Joy, however... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could just put all the books with all the graphic sections. She just writes, God is great. I'm sorry. Let's do I'm a, so sorry. Let's do excuse a back me, room. Excuse me. Let's excuse put me, a curtain up me. in the library. Bridger, good evening. One moment. One stores. moment. Remember the when we were little and you for go to the video store? The books that Moms for Liberty. Those the books, books that Moms for Liberty. with pornography. I know that you, I, I've seen. We could just do that in the public library. I have seen tapes of what Moms for Liberty does. And you all go into school board meetings and you read graphic stuff. It's a disingenuous conversation. No, it's not. There is a, there's a America used to understand that there's beloved, something called age-appropriate content. All right, and here's my we question have, again. Like high schoolers. Again, again, Ruby Bridges Goes to School is on the list of books that Moms for Liberty has attempted absolutely, to have removed. Absolutely it not. It absolutely is. Let me ask about the people who are making the decision for their parents, because you have not answered yet why a liberal parent or an African-American parent We have parents my, who are Democrats no, 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 who are members of moment, our organization. But you're still trying to make decisions for all the kids. Here are some of the parents that are filing, uh, or some of the, the, the your advocates. Mm -hmm. Bridget Ziegler, the Moms for Liberty co-founder, the wife of the recent oh, yes. Republican Party chairman, Christian Ziegler, who allegedly was involved in threesome, same-sex threesome. Here we go. Um, Mrs. Ziegler was a, was removed from the school board at which she was a leader. Um, you've had you had okay, Lauren DePaula. Um, she was making book ban requests in Alachua County, but then records show that she and her husband didn't live there. They'd sold their home in that county. Carrie Blair in Tennessee, who was um, arrested for property theft charges after allegedly stealing from Target, skip scanning in Target. Why should those three people get to make decisions about what other children should be able to read? Other ch parents' children should be able to read. Do you know that I served as a school board member from 2016? Are you going to answer my question? Yeah, I'm because going to. Because we don't have an endless time. Joy, I'm going to answer your question, but mm -hmm. I need you to understand that when I was an elected representative, I would sit on that dais. And how dare I, live. sitting there as an elected representative, judge a parent when they would come to the podium to speak and advocate for their child? Because as we started this conversation, mm -hmm. we'll end it. Every parent has a fundamental and right so to direct parent, the upbringing of so children. Let's make and sure I would not I'm kind of turned on by her. About a parent's if education a parent, level, one moment, one their moment, sexual one orientation, if a parent, their race, their She religion, can be my mommy. I'm going to ask my question, yes, Ms. Justice. Mrs. Justice. Thanks, Thank Mom. you.
If a parent believes that their child should be able to read Ruby Bridges, uh, we child. believe that parents, okay. that children should be able to read. Then British how British. can Moms American for Liberty Hero. insist that the school board take that book away and then say that a parent who wants the child to be able to read it must purchase it? That's essentially putting a tax on parents who want their children to read the book. Your kids get to have books. I bet they're all free. Agree with. But children. Look at this woman. Or parents who want their children to read books you don't like have to purchase it. That doesn't sound Joy, fair. Did you know that in the city that we're sitting in? Only a quarter of children are reading on grade level. That's a great point. Grade. That's a great point. And so Let while me, we're having this conversation that's about books point. and libraries, that's two things point. should be happening. That's a great we point. We should be talking about literacy rates and the fact that America's kids are not learning how to read, and we should be having vibrant conversations about what books he should seems be. Seems like the type. Whoa, that ended abruptly. Yeah, like <laughs> the the picture of her I used. For the thumbnail, she looks like fucking Tina Fey. And that's the same necklace she was wearing just now. Her hair's a little lighter. I got a, I got a picture of her with darker hair. That was her encounter with Joy Reid. That was Tiffany Justice, co-founder of Moms for Liberty. And they don't see, they don't seem like they're for liberty. That's what's weird to me. These people never seem to be for liberty. If you were for liberty, you'd be out here at the Charlotte airport saying, let these people have their drugs. How dare you arrest them? 33K. Douglas International Airport, where now more than $33,000, nearly 38 pounds of marijuana and 22 pounds of mushrooms were found in suitcases in June. So here's what we know so far. In June? That there, though, at the evidence. Kenneth Settle and Juan Coleman were caught attempting to transport the items through the airport after returning from Northern California. Well, the drug items were found in the luggage from a United Airlines flight from Denver, and it was being loaded to baggage claim, and that's when the canine smelled the drugs. Why are we just now hearing about it if it was in... June. It was September. And why were we just now hearing about it if, if it was in September? Yes, I I am a firm believer that uh, we should not make animals work. That is animal abuse. Fuck that shit. A judge has condemned the FBI and ordered the release one of the Nuber Four. A man convicted in 2010 of plotting to blow up the New York City, uh, a New York City synagogue and a Jewish community center and shoot down military planes was ordered to be released from prison by a judge who said the defendant was part of a group that was manipulated by the FBI. Four men who became known as the New Boar Four were caught up in a scheme in 2009 to attack the synagogues and community center and launch Stinger missiles at military aircraft driven, driven by what the judge describes as overzealous FBI agents and an unsavory confidential informant. U.S. District Judge Colleen McMahon had already ordered the three other men in the group Onto Williams, David Williams, and Lagera P- 
Payan to be released last July. The fourth man, James Cromite, Cromitty, Cromitty, probably Cromitty, described as the ringleader by the government, was ordered released by the judge on Friday. The judge called the case notorious and described the men as hapless, petty criminals who were easily manipulated by the government into a sting operation. Cromite's lawyer was quoted in the New York Times as saying the judge's order was at least some kind of vindication for what we believe was a tragic miscarriage of justice. The four men were convicted of terrorism charges in 2010 and sentenced to 25 years in prison. Friday's order by the judge asked for Cromite's sentence to be cut to time served plus 90 days. It did not reverse the conviction. Judge McMahon said that Cromitty was a small-time grifter who was broke and unemployed when he was enlisted in the FBI-driven plot and provided fake bombs to plant in exchange for 250 grand in the jihadist mission. Uh, Cromitty enlisted the three other men to serve as lookouts, according to the judge. The three men were recruited so that Cromitty could conspire with someone, the judge said. The real lead conspirator was the United States. The FBI invented the conspiracy, identified the targets, and manufactured the ordinance. Cromitty was recruited by longtime FBI informant Saheed Hussan, whom the judge called a villain. The judge wrote that Hussan's role was to infiltrate mosques and shoot people who could be potential extremists. Hussan offered heavenly and earthly rewards, including as much as 200 and spot. I'm sorry, not shoot. I'm just, shoot doesn't make sense. His job was to infiltrate mosques and spot people who could be potential extremists. Hussan offered heavenly and earthly rewards, including as much as 250 grand to Kermitty, if he would plan and participate in, and find others to participate in, a jihadist mission. ACAB means those FBI agents too. We know all about the shitty shit they did to, like, the Muslim community and the black community. We know about the history. They just didn't do it on to January 6th defendants. Come the fuck on. All right, we're still doing crime, but it's kind of the bullshit part of the show, I guess. We're beyond the... Or beyond the like the rough stories, I guess maybe I'm getting ready as I as I get ready to play you a video of a of a murder trial, a juror's comment has resulted in their dismissal from a trial. The juror's comment in an explosive murder conspiracy trial causing an uproar in court after comparing it to the hit movie Gone Girl. We're talking about a mother of five disappearing without a trace. ABC's Rena Roy is here with the details. Good morning again, Rena. Gio, good morning to you. This was a case that made headlines around the country. And because it is such a high-profile trial, it has gotten people talking, even some jurors who are now dismissed because of their comments. 
We can bring the jury in. This morning, dramatic developments in the trial of Michelle Traconis, who's facing charges in connection with the death of Jennifer Dulos, the Connecticut mother of five who disappeared in 2019. A juror dismissed after comparing the case to the movie Gone Girl. The 2014 crime thriller starring Ben Affleck is about I didn't like life. It. Plot twists at every turn. I had nothing to do. They weren't good plot twists. Traconis was the girlfriend of Fotis Dulos, Jennifer's husband. Dulos accused of killing Jennifer amid a bitter divorce, and prosecutors say Traconis helped him cover it up. She's the first person to stand trial in this case. We're going to probably talk about those video uh, surveillance cameras. We're going to get more law enforcement officers and how they're connecting photos Dulos and Michelle Traconis to this crime. Traconis pleading not guilty to conspiracy to commit murder, evidence tampering, and hindering prosecution. Jennifer's body was never found, but she was declared legally dead last year. Fotis Dulos died by suicide in 2020 after being charged with her murder. Oh, the family friend. nanny taking the stand describing the day Jennifer went missing. The second I called Jennifer, it's like my stomach just sank because she never not answered her phone. And an alternate juror was also dismissed last week for telling a member of the prosecution team, quote, we love you. It's now down to six jurors and three alternates. And if that total number goes below six, we could see a mistrial. Rhiannon, all right. Don't tell the prosecution you love them. What the hell? An alternate juror was dismissed for telling the prosecution she loved them. I'm sorry, they didn't give they didn't give a gender, did they? A juror was dismissed for telling the prosecution that they loved them. It was wrong of me to assume a gender. It very well could have been a man. I would assume it would be a gay man if it was a man. That stereotyping on my part, however, you know it's true. But it could very well be a man. Why are you telling the prosecution you love them? You might be in front of that prosecution for some reason. What if you commit a murder? A celebrity chef in Louisville, right, uh, formerly of Louisville, said in the statement that he is confident he'll be exonerated of assault and strangulation. Darnell Super Chef Ferguson's show on the Food Network has been paused, but he says he is confident that the truth. Oh, wait, he had a show on the Food Network. Holy shit. Super Chef Ferguson's show on the Food Network has been paused, but he says he is confident that the truth will come out and he'll be cleared. The celebrity chef is charged with burglary and strangulation involving his estranged wife. His lawyer released this statement on his behalf saying, quote, Mr. Ferguson, Ferguson continues to maintain his complete innocence and is confident that when all the facts are made public, he will be exonerated. Ferguson's lawyer also says a number of new details have been released that, quote, begin to paint a clear picture of the events of January 2nd, 2024. The statement says Ferguson is focused on the well-being and safety of his family. The case now heads to a grand jury. 
Well, I mean, he hasn't been officially charged if it's heading to a grand jury. I've not heard of him, but also I haven't watched the Food Network in forever. Oh shit, he looks all snazzy. Ferguson was arrested on January the 9th after police accused him of breaking into his estranged wife's Kentucky home and threatening to kill her. Prosecutors have proceeded with domestic violence-related criminal charges against Food Network star Darnell Ferguson, who has been accused of strangling and threatening to kill his estranged wife. Ferguson was arrested on January the 9th in St. Matthews, a suburb of Louisville, on felony charges of burglary and strangulation. He also faces misdemeanor uh, charges including assault, terroristic threatening, menacing, and criminal mischief. He faced an additional misdemeanor charge, theft, receipt of a stolen credit card or debit card, for allegedly taking his estranged wife's debit card and her ID, but it was dismissed at a preliminary hearing. Following Thursday's preliminary hearing, uh, people obtained the following statement from Ferguson's attorney. Mr. Ferguson continues to maintain his complete innocence. That's what we just heard. Darnell allegedly broke into... Tathada's St. Matthew's home and began yelling at her and punching walls. He then allegedly grabbed her by the neck and strangled her while threatening to kill her. The warrant stated St. Matthew's claimed she was unable to breathe and lost consciousness. When the victim regained consciousness, she was on the floor and Darnell then ripped off the victim's shorts, causing a scratch to the victim's upper thigh. After ripping the victim's shorts, Darnell demanded to see the victim's private area and told the victim she was his and no one's else. That said, I, I've heard this, I've, I've, I have heard of this behavior before. Like, this, this is a jealous man. Uh, the warrant further claimed that St. Matthews told police that Ferguson's alleged actions placed her in fear of being sexually assaulted. He sounds like it. Police were called to the home and took photos of the alleged victim's injuries, uh, which included redness, scratches, and pain to her neck, and a scratch to her upper thigh. A statement provided to people last week, Tibbs wrote, Darnell and his wife are separated and are working together to find a new balance for their family. They had a disagreement on January the 2nd that was subsequently reported to the authorities in a misleading and false manner. We are hopeful that these issues will be resolved shortly and in a way that is at least this what uh, that is the least disruptive to their blended family of eight children. God damn, that's according to Darnell's lawyer. Super Chef Darnell. Oh no, I've just I've I've seen that kind of shitty behavior out of men. Speaking of shitty behavior out of men, uh, you know who Hulk Hogan is? Well, he he came to the site of his son Nick being arrested. This is Nick, I believe, already in handcuffs. Um, sure, sure. 
Um, what's, if, I, if, I, if I don't, what, what's... We're, we're like 22 minutes into this. Explain it to you. We'll, we'll get uh, the Hulk Hogan, brother. This is, this happened in November. We are just now seeing it. The body cam footage was released a few days ago. Yes, now you're asking what happens if you don't. Um, just, if you refuse to take the test at request of you, your driving privilege will be suspended for a period of one year for the first refusal, or 18 months if your driving privilege has been previously suspended, or if you were previously fined under state statute 327. United Socialist Aunt. Statute. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. Additionally, if you refuse to take the test, I request of you, and if your driving privilege has been previously suspended, or if you previously fined under state statute 327.35215 for a refusal to submit to a lawful test of your breath or no blood, you will be committing a misdemeanor in addition to any other penalties which can be imposed by law. Refusal to submit to the test, I request it is admissible. This is the first of two Hulk Hogan stories. Go ahead and take a look at it now. I can't hold it. I'm sorry. I got you. Like the cop didn't know you were in handcuffs. And then again, cops are fucking dumb. No, sir. Huh? No, sir. I do want to point out that Nick Hogan has already paralyzed one of his friends. Do you understand that, sir? Good. They were in a wreck in like the mid 2000s, maybe late 2000s. I've read it to you. What that basically says is that if it's the first time you refuse, you'll lose your license for a year. If it's a second or subsequent refusal, so if you refuse in the past, it's going to be an 18 month suspension on your license and it's an additional charge for, for it, okay? For, for refusing. So, with that said, I'm going to ask a final time if you're willing to give me a sample of your breath. May I speak to my legal counsel? No, when it comes to implied consent, no. You don't get a legal counsel, okay? There's no legal counsel. No, here. not when it comes to implied consent, no, sir. Okay. Breathalyzer. Hey. Uh, okay. Oh, is he yell he's yelling at Terry. Understand what I'm saying to you? Yes, sir. It's up to you. Uh, I can't make a decision. Can't make a decision? No, sir. I can't make a decision. Okay. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you down to the instrument. I'm going to give you the opportunity down there to provide some if you're indecisive. I just, I'm indecisive. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. That's fine. Spread your stance for me. That's and wide. That's and wide. I'm indecisive. I'm sorry. For. I'm usually not just cruising around with earplugs. I know this is part of procedures. We're gonna walk over here to my side, okay? You gotta fill up your crotch, son.
I'm disappointed in the kid. Watch your head as you step in, okay? You know, he was, he was on the reality show, The Hogan Knows Best. He fucking, he, he already, he paralyzed a friend. There he is. He's currently in custody for He's wearing a t-shirt of himself. The motherfucker showed up to the scene of his kid getting arrested for DUI wearing a t-shirt of himself. Did he, did he blow? Okay. We're at that point right now where he's asking if he's willing to blow or not. Cool. Let me come away real quick and see what this is. Crazy. Sorry about this. Basically, the... He refused. He's got a walking stick. I think he has refused. I think that's, when that's where we are with it. Give me a second. So if he refuses, he's going to have the opportunity to go to a driver's license hearing where he can get a hardship driver's license. Um, if this is his first DUI, then there's methods. For sure, bread the law is the holster. Reduce the, the charges. I mean, there's different things that they can do with your attorney. You should be able to figure all that out. Yeah, he says his first DUI. His first move over. Excuse me? Move over. What is move over? Officers are working on the side of the road. He changed lanes. He went by us at 51. Oh, that's bullshit. So they're taking him to 49th Street? We're going to take him to the main station. We're going to give him the opportunity to. I think he's refused, so we're going to give him the opportunity to still provide a breath sample regardless. And then. Uh, if, it's still, if, it, if, it, if he still refuses, then uh, he'll just get a DUI citation and he's going to go to a job after that. He's got to spend eight hours from the time of the arrest. Where's the main station? 645 Pierce Street. Is that downtown? Yes, sir. Is that across from the empty park over there? Yes, sir. Yeah. What's going on with those two idiots? Just yelling and screaming. Oh, I pull over for uh, workers. Real workers. What's what's not cops? He says he can't make up his mind right now. Yeah, I'm gonna take you down to the instrument and uh, sort of get that opportunity. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna have to do that regardless. Hogan said it was his first DUI. Look at him with his stick. Hulk Hogan's lucky to be rich. He wasn't for a while. Well, there's, there's no reason for you to stay up there, both of you, and then I'm going to bail him out. That should be it. He's going to spend eight hours. Hold on a second. I'm sorry, what was that, boss? He's going to spend eight hours in, in custody. He's going to be there eight hours? He's got to spend eight hours. By state law, he's got to spend eight hours in custody. Okay, well, he's going to spend eight hours in custody. 
I'll get him out before I talk to him. Uh, it's the Hulkster. Can you talk to him real quick? Okay. Can you back up so we can talk to him real quick? I was gonna, yeah, I can do that. I was just gonna get your phone number real quick for him. And that was the holster, brother. Um, so he'll be able to call you once everything, once he gets out the county and everything. He'll be able to call you from there. Uh, usually they have a cell phone, but you want to get your number for him. I'm gonna put him in this pocket. Okay. Um, I think he's a wrestling fan. Eight hours before he gets the other Yes, sir. So there's no reason for me to go down there and hang around all night. Yeah, no, sir. Just wait for our call. Make sure you're on high ring so you don't miss it. Yeah, I'm surprised going back to sleep. Yeah, he'll, he'll get out at <coughs> 10 o'clock. 10? Yeah, as long as he blows under an 05, he'll get out at 10 o'clock. All right, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, I'd love to. Open the door. Open the door. You good, Bubba? Yeah. All right, cool. Pull somebody else over. I'm an porn star. That's as hard as I can blow. Sorry. I'm an ex porn star. That's as hard as I can I'm blow. Sorry. I'm sad. Like, I was a commissary manager and I, I sat with people who did BWIs and boating while intoxicated. I was like, I didn't know that was possible. No, she didn't blow hard enough. It, I can blow harder. Okay. I. I don't so, have a lot of lung so, capacity. Right, so, I know right, how so to do this. I'm not dumb. Well, oh, she was, if I'm she trying, wasn't driving, what would it matter? Me. It's funny, I know it. I'm telling you, like, you guys are being so f I'm working in prison. Seriously. <laughs> Good! I'm not doing anything wrong. Big deep breath and blow. Yeah, blow harder and consistent. Consistent. Oh, she wants to, she wants to take the truck home. Like, my lungs are this wide. I don't need that. What am I going to do with that? Sell out my only pants? Like... Thanks. <laughs> Sell it on my OnlyFans. I'm emotional. I'm sad. Yeah, why are we getting them? Racing. On the bowling booth. Racing. All day. I'll do another right. one. I'm not drunk. I'm sad. I used to work at a prison. Right. I was commissary right. Stop manager. talking for two seconds so you can get your breath because you're not giving a complete sample. Because it's under the limit and you don't believe me. No, yes. That's not why. If it was okay. under the limit, it would say it was under the limit. It's just saying she's talking too much. Big deep breath. I'm not drunk. I'm sad. All right. I love her. I'm gonna like pass out. If I go to the hospital, are you gonna pay for me to go to the hospital? No. No. Fucking cop. One two five. One two five. Saying she's drunk. What? I couldn't tell, but if he was standing in front of me, I could tell if he was drunk or not. I just looked at him. Did he look like he was drunk when he saw him? 
there. He, I mean, he didn't do... Are they gonna arrest her too? Okay. Not drunk, I'm just sad. And I, honestly, I don't know what the other officer saw. I could, I, from what I saw, he didn't do that. Hogan can tell just by looking at somebody. I hate Hulk Hogan, but God, is he funny. He's such a liar. Almost in Metallica. Gotta have patience of a saint. I guess. I guess so. I don't think he was Jeff Hardy drunk. They push a button sometimes. He was coherent. Just gotta how far you can get away with it. That's all. Alright, I think I think we've come to the end of this one. I'm glad we stuck around long enough. I almost turned it off. But I'm glad we stuck around long enough to see the uh, the girl. <laughs> I'm not drunk. I'm sad. But as I said, that's not the that's not the only story involving Hulk Hogan I have for you tonight. Hogan apparently showed up at the scene of the wreck and rest, re a scene of a wreck and rescued a teenage girl. Developing tonight, a car crash that flipped a young girl's car here in Tampa last night turned into an act of heroism and by a name you may recognize. TMZ reports Hulk Hogan himself witnessed it with his wife and his friend. As Fox 13's Evan Moon explains, they jumped into action to pull that girl to safety. Hulk Hogan's wife, Sky Daly, posted about the accident, writing, Last night we left dinner in Tampa. We saw a car flip in front of us. I truly admire my husband, Hulk Hogan, and good friend Jake Rask for springing into action. Tampa police confirmed it was on the Veterans Expressway by exit 2A towards Clearwater. The two men, Hogan and friend Jake, seen in pictures by TMZ, pulled a teenage girl from the wreckage. Hogan tweeting that without a knife... Brother airbags. He used a ballpoint pen to free the 17-year-old girl from the upside-down car. He goes on to say, thank you, God, all is well. Wife Sky Daly writing the teen girl was, quote, unscathed, just really rattled, which was a miracle. What caused the accident is still under investigation. One comment online read, imagine flipping your car and the first thing you hear is, you all right, brother? A brother. famous wrestler who lives here in Tampa Bay. 
Fellow Good Samaritan Jake Rask was with the Hogan Sunday night. We spoke with him about the act of being a real-life superhero. Why didn't you get Hogan? With Hulk Hogan. He messaged us, we're just glad she's okay, and God put us there at the right time. Oh, you couldn't even get him on Hogan camera? Put his WWE expertise to good use this weekend. He's got an NWO shirt on. A true brother helping another. Evan Moon, Fox 13 News. Brother. Uh, I hate Hulk Hogan. I mean, I guess I'm glad he rescued a teenage girl. That's cool of him. It's a wrestling kind of night for me. You take your 33 and a third you, chance. You, you do some Scott Steiner math. And you got an eight and a third chance of winning. You add it up and it's the type of night we do several wrestling stories. And this one's heartwarming. Wrestlers and fans shut down transphobia at a TWE Chattanooga event. Fans of fellow wrestlers shut down an attendee directing transphobic comments toward an out non-binary pro wrestler, Josh Locke, following their Gig City Championship win. Look, they look quite cute, too. Um, last Saturday's barbed wire baptism event kicked off 2024 in dramatic fashion for Tennessee-based pro wrestling promotion TWE Chattanooga. The night's main event fe uh, featured a battle amongst barbed wire between longtime rivals Jaden Newman and Shug D that set a high bar for the rest of the Southeast to meet this year, but an even greater moment preceded the bloody war, one that proved the commitment of TWE Chattanooga to its mantra against hate. The night's semi-main event featured a non-binary wrestler, Josh Locke, against Big Dave in the finals of the TWE Gig City Championship Tournament. Locke would come out on top and become the inaugural holder of the title named after the city the promotion calls home. The win denoted a major moment within the promotion as Locke became the first out non-binary champion in the company's history and possibly in the long history of pro wrestling in the state of Tennessee. But one attendee's multiple transphobic comments directed towards Locke nearly cast a cloud over the historic moment. According to multiple people in the building during the event who spoke to Out Sports, a male attendee began directing transphobic language toward Locke early in the match. His one frame of reference was Caitlyn Jenner, and I'm like, bitch, we don't even like her, <laughs> said Scotty Moore, a wrestling announcer and YouTuber who heard the comments firsthand. For me, being a non-binary theater kid like Josh, my alarm bells started going off. Pro wrestler Jameson Shook, who wrestled in the ninth opener alongside out wrestlers uh, Fanasi and Singrid, daughter of Tyr, took notice of the man as well when the attendee began making similar comments during a moment in the match when Locke, who wrestles as a heel, began drawing fans' ire. Shook made his way over to that side of the building to assess the situation. Uh, we got some video, but, uh, do we have, yeah, is that of the, I don't know if this is of the incident though.
There's Locke with the Haluba kick. The curb stomp. kind of transphobic management did not respond to a request for comment from out sports but shook stated that he gained permission from the company officials to discuss the matter uh the issue uh, flared once again during Locke's post-match celebration Locke told out sports that they hadn't been aware of the hateful comments made during the match before returning to the locker room but heard a comment about how i looked like caitlin jenner about halfway through their planned acceptance speech I cut like half of the speech I planned and at that point I told them to hit my music and I was going to go to the back because I just didn't want to be out there anymore, Locke said. Aww. At that moment, a slew of wrestlers and fans had jumped into action to shut the attendee down and remove him from the building. It was like the Avengers assembling behind me as Shook, uh, Kevon, Kevin Ryan, uh, the Blairs, B. Brian Blair? I'm sure I'm forgetting names. Start telling this guy to get out. And then the surrounding crowd starts to join into the groundswell of getting this dude out of there. It made us uh, very proud to see people standing up, knowing the code at TWE, and helped kick the fan out. It's also very telling that nobody came with him and defended him, spoke up, or even left with him after he was removed. The comments definitely rattled Locke in the moment, but the love felt by seeing wrestlers and fans alike oppose the attendee quickly overwhelmed any negative feelings. Oh! It was obviously an emotional moment for me, Locke said. I'm about a year and a half into my career, and, I, and I'm an inaugural champion. The transphobic comments uh, came, but it felt so good to see the quick action of everyone at the TWE arena. I don't uh, get that every place. I don't get that every place I go, but I know I always will at TWE. I eventually got outside. I was upset for about 30 seconds before it went away, and I had people around me checking in and telling me the guy was kicked out. I love and appreciate everyone in the TWE locker room. I know they will always have my back, and it means so much to me that they have supported me since I've been openly out. Beautiful. Love it. I'm sorry. I didn't have time to get an animal video. I got to get an animal video now. Just, I'm just going, I'm just going with the first one I got here. That's not it. Oh, it's a duck and a cat. Like dog and butterfly. It's several du it's several ducklings and a cat. Well, that's cute as shit. Oh, the, the ducky fell.
I'm gonna make a roast beef sandwich. I'm so hungry. I had a bowl. I had a bowl of potato soup. I made. I made potato soup yesterday. Might even make a cheese sauce. Are you like an Arby's beef and cheddar? I got extra sharp cheddar for my roast beef sandwiches. I was gonna make I was gonna make chicken with a pan sauce, gravy, mashed potatoes. I got some uh, I got some stuffing. That's one of the reasons. That's why I have bread. I don't usually get bread. I had bread so I could make uh, sandwiches with mashed potatoes and gravy and chicken. Oh, I bet that orange orange chicken sounds so fucking good. Do you, you use like mandarin oranges? It was one of the things that made me hungry during the during the stream. Digs, nom 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 nom. Look at these duggies. Look at these duggies with the kitty. Oh, speaking of kitties. Indian butter chicken. Here's a smoky. Smoky gonna say hey. Hey buddy. Talks over there on the couch. It looks like they're nursing. I mean, I can't imagine they are, but like, I assume they're just cuddling, but like, it looks like they're nursing. <coughs> what twisted the male cat? <laughs> they look so chill, which I mean. Who doesn't want to cuddle with a cat? The cat's cleaning the little doggie. I love cuddling with cats. I hate it when my cat's like, fucking Smokey wants to be in my lap when I'm trying to work. Non-stop. But when I, when I want to lay down and go to sleep and I'm like, Smokey, come cuddle. Does he, does he want to come cuddle with me? No. I, I don't understand what the deal is. Anyway, we've got the we've got the uh, New Hampshire primary taking place on Tuesday, 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 special Tuesday troll patrol this week for the New Hampshire primary. 
Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We'll see you Tuesday night on the Troll Patrol. Live!